Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Q&A with Layla. It's part two. Radio program at AOL.com, the place to send questions. Please send them, and we'll have grist for the mill for future broadcast. What's our next question, Layla? This comes from Lori. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, my husband is on blood pressure meds, and he takes Eliquis, which is a blood thinner. Right. right. Can he take N-acetylcysteine? Heartfelt thanks for being all of our health heroes. Well, the answer quite simply is yes. Uh, the yeah. With blood thinners, one has to worry about two things. One is are the if you're taking, but not Eliquis, not that type of uh, yeah. blood thinner, the newer types of blood thinners, the old type of blood thinner, which is called warfarin or Coumadin, mm-hmm. taking vitamin K could interfere with its effect, could diminish its effect. Yes. On the other hand, if you're taking like a lot of different blood thinning things, like high dose fish oil and aspirin, and aspirin. And uh, maybe maybe ginkgo, mm. you know, and things like maybe garlic, garlic, garlic. high dose garlic. Maybe you should be a little cautious. Um, some people say turmeric, but I don't think turmeric is that much of a blood thinner. No, um, I think there's a little bit too much of a brouhaha about how to, you know interfering with blood thinning medications. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can come to grievous harm, uh, almost no matter what you do. But uh, N-acetylcysteine doesn't fit either of those categories. It's not a blood thinner, no. and it's not a vitamin K. And by the way, this person's on a warfarin, so it's perfectly fine to take N-acetylcysteine. Right. Well, this is actually one of the reasons why, you know, if you're on a complex medical regimen, uh, that's why we see people. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we pretty much know what to avoid. But if we have a, a new medication, say, or we're unsure of a conflict, we can look it up. And, you know, we can provide professional advice about, you know, should you be taking everything under the sun yeah, if you're right. taking four or five different medications? Because <clears throat> it's a potential for interaction with mm-hmm. almost anything. Yeah. Okay, and N-acetylcysteine, great for lung health, also is the precursor to glutathione. It's good to take all around. Very important in COVID. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, if you're taking Tylenol, you know, whenever I take Tylenol, yes. um, I always take... on the liver. I always take additional NAC. Yeah. And I, I rarely take Tylenol, but there's... A, Tylenol, for me, is a godsend when I get certain types of muscle aches. Um, not joint pain, because if I have an injury like a sprained ankle or something, it doesn't do squat. Mm-hmm. It, it, but for achy muscles, mm. it's like an elixir for me, personally. Right. Yeah, right. It doesn't work for everybody. That's good. Uh, That's but good. then I, and I, so I, I think, you know, I may go through, uh, you know, a, 
a couple of dozen in a year, mm-hmm. you know, but there are times where it really helps. Mm. But you like that CBD oil cream, right? A CBD oil cream helpful. is very good too, yeah, yeah. for injuries. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. We've got a question. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. did something really stupid. I got up, I did a podcast the other day. I got up and I, I did, I've, I've lived in this apartment for like 20 plus years and I've had the same desk and it has a sharp corner. And oh. I went right into the sharp corner with my thigh. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what a I do that. Self-inflicted <laughs> wound. Ouch. And that bruise is there for a couple of weeks, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But I, I did the, um, the uh-huh. CBD. I just judiciously rubbed the CBD into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's bed recovery because within like, you know, 48 hours it was fine. I used to have a rectangular dining table. I have a round one now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that was it's my a, problem. You have a kid, around the dining. You have a kid-proof dining table. Yes, now. I have a right. kid. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, we have an well, email. They, they from say the, the worst accidents happen at home. At home, that's true, yeah. right? Especially in the bathroom. But oh, yeah. So Doug uh, asks, any idea on slowing or reversing spinal stenosis via nutrition Ooh. supplements? Spinal, That's a tough one. Spinal stenosis is a real uh, medical challenge. And I, I just, I think everyone, to some degree or another, develops some spinal stenosis mm. with age. Mm. And what it results in is, is uh, yeah, and, yeah, and compression and little arthritis. Um, it What it is is stenosis means a narrowing down of the canal in which the spine, the, the spinal cord travels. Yeah. And when it gets squeezed... You have weakening of the legs and sometimes pain. Mm. And uh, sometimes that's treated with an epidural shot, which relieves the pressure. And sometimes that's treated with surgery, although the surgery is very, you know, iffy. It's, it's really a, a last miss. resort. Yeah. Yeah. But some people get it and it does relieve the extreme pressure on the spine, on the mm-hmm. spinal nerve. But, you know, I actually think the key, unfortunately, is prevention. But I think that, uh, that's, why How it's would you ultra- prevent the narrowing of it, though? Well, I think you, by, by doing flexibility exercises through a lifetime, but also by Yoga. being on an anti-inflammatory diet. Yes. Um, and yes. Main, you know, optimizing your weight because excess weight causes inflammation. Sure. And pressure. And pressure. Plane. More gravity. Right. So, um, you know, this is, I think, you know, one of the limiting factors why you don't see a lot of octogenarians running triathlons or marathons, mm-hmm. partly, I mean, there's so many factors that can limit you, but just a, there's a general weakening of muscles anyway, mm-hmm. but this actually reduces the nerve impulses to your lower extremities and yeah. makes you less strong. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it, you know, so, you know, getting down on the floor and I know you do this, you know, you do, uh, you know, uh, cat cow, you know, with uh, yoga just to, yeah. to stretch your spine mm-hmm. and to do. Keeps it flexible. Yeah. Which it, is key. Because it, it's like uh, rusty suit of armor syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of people getting rid of their sciatica doing yoga, which is, yeah. And so there's a revelation there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have we have a, a question from Connie. Oh, 
about Fosamax, the bisphosphonate for osteoporosis. I read Dr. Hoffman's article on osteoporosis medications, and I was prescribed Fosamax, so, 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 which I took. Thing. Yeah, just because, uh, just to re- reprise, and, and you know, those yeah. of you who are on osteoporosis medications or contemplating being on osteoporosis medications, just look at that article a couple of weeks ago. Yes, and I point out the a new downside of the bisphosphonate medications, which are actinol, Beneva, Fosamax. And uh, also reclassed. Reclassed. That, so, which we know already, if you take them for too long, they'll cause your bones to be more fragile. Mm-hmm. Paradoxically, they'll they'll be they'll they'll be more dense, but not necessarily stronger. It won't be helping you bone because that turnover yep. of bone has been slowed down by those medications. That's their mechanism of action. So you're left with older, brittle bone, right? Which may Freaky fracture right. on you or something. The, I guess a, a good analogy would be if if you had, and this would be a great way to encourage people to save. If you had an account which had was one, a one way account, you could only make deposits, but you could never withdraw. Mm. Right. 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 And right, so right, you right. you you'd only put money in, mm-hmm. and but you had don't have the ability to withdraw. That's what happens with those medications. Yeah. Uh, so they increase the bone density. Yeah. But. The net result is that after, on average, after about three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, you can be more prone to weird fractures. Right. Freaky right, fractures, right. you call them. Exactly. And, you know, with the least instigation, you can get a, your bones will snap. Mm-hmm. So, but the new side effect is, um, higher incidence of anxiety and depression. Oh, yes. We discussed yeah, yeah. this the other. Right. The last podcast or the one before. So, so look it up because, I mean, they talk about all the, in a very technical way, the brain mechanisms that may be involved in that because drugs have what are called pleiotropic or off-target effects. Mm-hmm. They don't just go to the desired place. They go yeah. elsewhere in the body and do other things. Yeah. That's why there's side effects. Yeah. So, but anyway, proceed with that. Yeah. yeah. So Connie was saying, uh, I took the Fosmax as prescribed and after a year, of taking it, I began to have extreme photosensitivity of my eyes to the point that it felt like acid was being poured into my eyes. Ooh. Wow. 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 That's extreme. Wow. No strength of sunglasses relieved it. And after seeing numerous ophthalmologists over the course of almost two years, a specialist identified it as scleritis. Scler- well, with the sclera scleritis is yeah. the white part of your eye. Mm. So it's like, you know, that's, it got inflamed. It got inflamed. It got inflamed. So I was prescribed prednisone until the flare-up was under control, and then I was put on methotrexate, oh, which my. presented its own uncomfortable side effects. Nasty. After the scleritis seemingly being in remission for a period of time, I was weaned off the methotrexate. Yay, Connie! Great. Now this is this is here's a clincher. During this period of time, my GP, who had prescribed the Fosamax, attended a geriatric conference, and afterward laughingly told me that Fosamax may, in rare instances, cause scleritis. I did not find this funny and no longer see that GP. <laughs> I'd be mad, too. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, it's a rare side effect, but it's still a side I, effect. I, I have to laugh because it doctors... Uh, are like wonky little scientists. <laughs> and he was so proud that he had come up with this little new association. And he sort of proudly disgorged it to the patient, almost with a sense of levity. Hmm. And that was 
uh, interpreted by the patient as lack of compassion, which it was. Sure. And, you know, I get it. I, I think, you know, you can teach doctors a lot of things, but you can't teach them empathy. Mm. You know? Right. And that's a, a something that you either got and learned or yes. you ain't got. You ain't got. And so right. you could be the best clinician and this guy the guy's smart, you know, he went to this he, he went to a conference and he, he got this esoteric fact. Yeah. Uh and uh and then happily disgorged like a like a bright school kid. You know, like <laughs> Look great. what I found out. Look like Raise your hand, uh, Marvin. You know, oh, you know. Oh, Marvin, what, what's the answer to that question? Ah, uh, yes, it can cause scleritis. And you know, the patient was not amused. No, no, Connie, uh, I agree with your your anger and <laughs> not seeing that GP anymore. We are but hope the, you were better. I we think hope you were better. More generally, I think the anger should be directed at the pharmaceutical industry. Sure. For. Um, foisting these drugs on, unnecessarily on, on populace. Yeah. Uh, because I think in the vast majority of cases, mild to moderate osteoporosis can be handled naturally. Yes. They make a big, big deal out of it because, hey, what are you going to do with an ordinarily a healthy 55-year-old woman in your office? Mm. What can you do? I guess you could put her on a statin mm. and you could put her on an osteoporosis medications just in case. Right. Right. Um, because, you know, there's, yeah. and, but the nice thing about those medications, unlike an antibiotic, which you take for a week or 10 days, you take these for life. Yeah. I would encourage anyone being given a prescription for any kind of drug medication to take for any period of time, go to drugs.com, look it up, mm-hmm. look it up for yourself. It's a PDR online and you right. can look at all the side effects and interactions. With this caveat is that every Every medical encounter, yeah. whether it be surgical or whether it be uh, radiation, whether it be taking a medication or a vaccine, mm-hmm. is a risk-benefit equation. That's true. And the yeah. benefits have to outweigh the risks. Mm-hmm. And this is something very hard to ascertain because the, not all the facts are in. And the bias is towards minimizing harms and maximizing benefits. Yes. It always is. Right. So... Yeah. That's why we spend time highlighting some of these risks to people, not to make them refuse nicks to never take a drug or a vaccine. No, no, no. We're but not But to make a judicious, <clears throat> what's called an informed choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've got a question from Janice. I have a problem with bloating. I look like I'm pregnant, but I'm 60 years old. I've tried probiotics, but they don't seem to help. I would appreciate any recommendations as to diet, nutritional supplements. Here is well, a consult. Okay, so I mean, first, yeah, it's a it's a consult because on the one hand, it's probably just you know something that can be addressed with a diet change or probiotics mm-hmm. or something. But mm-hmm. bloating, especially in women, uh, you've got to rule out the possibility of something going on. And I'm not saying I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of all the different possibilities, but you know, make sure you get a checkout. Um, you know, if you have a swollen abdomen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just get a check out, maybe both a GI workup and an OBGYN yeah. workup. Yes. Because sometimes it can be a sign of something. But, exactly. but probably the, what I, I learned early on, women would come to me in the, in the very early days of my practice and they would say, I don't get it. I feel like I'm pregnant, 
But, you know, so bloated, bloated. I mean, men don't really get it because men yeah. aren't so bloated. Women yeah. bloat Women is like, bloat. <laughs> it's like universal complaint. You know? <laughs> I'm so, so bloated. So I, 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 I have uh, sympathy, but I can't have empathy. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. But, uh, so I said, well, you know, you really, you, you say you're like, you feel like you're pregnant. She goes, I even have pictures. In those days, they had Polaroids. So yes. she took Polaroids. And I got her abdomen was like so so swollen, distended, so yeah. distended. And that's when I got tuned into Candida or the yeast connection. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at her diet and we gave her antifungal medications. And lo and behold, uh, the bloating was alleviated. And that yeah. was like the light bulb went off in my head about bloating is that bloating can sometimes, I mean, Look, if you have like steel cut oatmeal in the morning with a glass of orange juice, you know, you're going to ferment, ferment. You're going to have bloating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Right. All those are fermentable. Could be candida, could be SIBO. Yeah. It could be any of those things. And there are different remedies. Right. Depending on what's happening. So, uh, individual to you and your particular complaints. So, that could be, uh, you know, maybe Janice, you took a recent round of antibiotics, and since then you've been feeling yeah, bloated. Yeah, that could be an overgrowth yeah, of candida. Yeah. It could be now, SIBO if it's backing up into the small. This woman is sixty. Intestine. It takes away a little bit the premenstrual bloating yes, that some women have gone. Uh, that it, it takes that cycling is not happening for yeah. her. But some women really notice the bloating is premenstrual, mm-hmm. and so it's mm-hmm. a hormonally mediated thing. Yeah, and the hormones do impact the digestive tract too. Absolutely, they yeah. do. I mean, women yeah. have like. And candida, candida also impacts hormones. Yes. And hormones impacting can, candida yeah. as well. Because right. even with, um, for example, being on birth control pills, that can increase candida yep. in the gut. Right. It can, you know. So there's a lot. It's one body. It's all in here. Right. It's all in here. Janice, you do need a workup. We hope you feel better soon. But I mean, like, start yeah. with start with like a very low carb diet. See what I mean. Absolutely, you know, a, change or look your at diet. Candida, a low carb candida diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a look at that and see what that does for you. Well, sorry, Doctor Hoffman, about your revolution not to talk about COVID, but okay, yeah. you're going to break our cycle here. <laughs> and he writes in the subject heading, "Not another another COVID question." <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> this is from Dennis. Okay. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Regarding COVID, the vaccines, the Omicron variant, see if I'm understanding the current situation correctly. Given a fully vaccinated adult, two shots and a booster, or the J&J equivalent, number one, you're still able to get COVID, but maybe not as likely to be infected. Number two, you are still able to transmit COVID even if you get it. (laughs) Number three, you are less likely to be hospitalized or die if you get COVID. I'd be interested in your additions or corrections to my comments. Thanks to you both for your guidance during the past two years. So number one is you are still able to get COVID, but maybe not as likely to be infected. Right. Well, are you getting are you getting it without so being infected? This is or? one of, this is one of the great unknowns uh yeah. with Omicron. And you know, I think uh that we're, it, it may be hard to put our finger on this mm. because, uh, people who are getting Omicron generally report a less severe infection. Yeah. And I think we'll have to do detailed studies of people who 
are vaccine naive and get uh, COVID now, which mm-hmm. is most likely Omicron, mm-hmm. versus people who are vaccinated to see if indeed there is a difference in the severity. Because they say that there's a difference in the severity, but that may be just due to the fact that Omicron is less severe. Yeah. So yeah. It, that's a, that's one of the unknowns right now. Yeah. So a lot of people are going, well, you know, I was pretty sick with the Omicron, but I'm glad I took those vaccines because I guess I would have died if I hadn't. Well, right. Eh, that's number we, three. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know, right? We don't and, know. And the second thing, he says, you're, even though you're vaccinated, you're still able to transmit COVID. Right. If you get it. Right. Yeah. So the, the question is, uh, we don't even know. I mean, the supposition is, I mean, it, we've gone way off this uh, unequivocal statement that, oh, if you take the vaccine, you won't transmit the vaccine. So it's your duty to take the vaccine because so even if you're not worried about COVID, you won't transmit it. That's what was the, that was the, the dictum mm-hmm. um, up until about a month ago. But and it's now, not so. And we know that's not so. Do, is there a reduction in transmissibility even? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but we don't know. We yeah. don't know. I mean, there may be a lessening of the time in which you, uh, uh, are shedding. Mm-hmm. That's the word shedding virus mm-hmm. because you've been vaccinated, but we don't know. Yeah. And, you know, Omicron is spreading like wildfire. And here in New York, about a very high percentage of the population is yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. True. So I guess. As much as 70%, I believe. Oh, well over, I think. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think, especially, oh, here's the, in, in the over 60 and over 65 populations, well over 90%. Yeah. People really did. I mean, that was, uh, you know, from a public health standpoint, I guess you could consider that a success. They messaged it. They messaged mm-hmm. it. They bit the mandates. A lot of people did it. So, like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dennis, thank you for your very thoughtful observations, <laughs> comments. And we'll send a copy <laughs> of this to the uh, Supreme Court justices. So that yes. They can, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so they can be advised. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I got to say, I these are brilliant jurists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really kind of weird to see some of the stuff that they say and believe. It's true. Because... Uh, Recently, especially. I, and I think that's the fault of our education system is that... Did you notice that there was a time in your education system where it, where you were either shunted into the liberal arts or into the math science? I did not. No? Cause, I think cause, I chose that on my... Well... Well, yeah, I... I I found that the case. I'll tell you what happened with me. Okay. I was like a science nerd in, uh, already even in, in, in elementary school. You know, mm. I was like doing like the science fair and I was doing all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, and, and I even took advanced placement science courses Fantastic. in high school. All I went, right. to, I went to the, 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 uh, the UCLA to take actual extra courses. Yeah. And then I got tired of it. I got burnt out on it. It was like, oh man, you know, I want to learn literature and language and, Mm-hmm. Uh, humanities and art, mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't, I, I turned away from it. Mm. And it is possible to go through college by avo- avoiding science almost entirely. Yes, you have to take an obligatory, we called it Poets Biology, oh. which was like one course to fulfill a requirement. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have a really basic understanding of scientific methodology. Now, yeah. I graduated college, and then, you know, I, I worked for a while, you know, I worked for the city of New York. 
uh, and you know, I was a, you know a speechwriter for the Beam administration and oh, did wow. a, interesting things. And then oh. I said, you know, this is not going to be my career. I want to do Mayor something. Abe Beam. Mayor Abe Beam. Wow, the four foot eight mayor. Anyway, uh, so then. I decided, you know, I want to go into uh, medicine, but then I had not gotten all the sciences. So then I had to take crash courses in all the sciences. Yeah, do and all, do, go back and do all yeah, those prerequisites. Yeah, and then I, yeah. but fortunately, I had enough of a science background to be able. So I actually have kind of an interesting background. I've got a background in the humanities, mm-hmm. and I have a background in, and my, I also majored in anthropology. Mm. Um, and then I got a lot of science. Mm. So I and. By no means am I uh, so adept at science where I understand, you know, all these very complex molecular pathways. And I, I look at sometimes articles on immunology and my eyes glaze over because it's like, oh, my goodness. So dry. It's, it can be very dry. It's very sophisticated yeah. and very few people really understand. So I think I have the ability to interpret it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think some of these brilliant jurists, and they have fabulous educations, they have not really been exposed to um, science and perhaps even mathematics and statistics. True. And they need to be careful in their comments. Yes. When it comes to that. Right, right. Mm. But these people will be deciding issues related to health. Uh, and Without the facts. With, yeah. So Possibly. It, we're hearing a lot about follow the science, mm. um, but science <clears throat> is... It's more about a narrative. Uh, yeah. Science has been, um, shall we say, um, suborned, co-opted, co-opted, and it's on both sides too. I mean, there's like, true, you know, there's people who who uh, will will on a very tiny scintilla of evidence, you know, talk about how the vaccines are going to turn us all into a zombie apocalypse, and you know, there's I look at those articles, and then I look at the the um, sometimes the uh, reasonable analysis of these articles, and I go, well, you know. There's, there's, there's still a possibility, mm-hmm. but I'm not all in yeah. on the um, the vaccine um, um, uh, skeptics. Yes. Uh, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> they need to be. We need to have uh, open discussion because open discussion what, and debate and critical thinking. Because what used to it's be, all gone out the window. What used to be disinformation mm-hmm. has become today's verities. You know, like, the vaccines are less than perfectly effective. Well, that's become the case now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Here we are. Uh, the, you know, but to get facts wrong, um, I think it's a disservice to the American public. And that, and the media Absolutely. is also guilty of that. And media... Yes, they are guilty of and that. And the media, again, it mostly these are people who are... Uh, very strong in verbal skills, mm-hmm. and there's they studied uh, history and humanities and uh, political science. Well, some of them did, yeah. Yeah, but others are. I don't. Some of them, I don't pretty. know how they, how they got through school. You know, <laughs> right? They weren't the brightest bulbs, you know. But they had personality. Some of them were pleasing to look at. They had personality, yeah, but, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but so, but these sometimes are people who are delivering us uh, information. That they don't critically evaluate. That's a lot of what we try to do in this program is to say, what's the narrative? Is the narrative correct? Does the narrative need to be refined? And do we need a more nuanced 
understanding of that. Yeah. I think that's why people turn to to intelligent medicine and broadcasts like this is yes. you know to get a little bit of a handle mm-hmm. on some of the on some critical thinking. Yeah, we're, you really, know, we're we're getting uh, like you know a like a fire hose of information. Yeah, and uh, sometimes you want to turn to uh, less mainstream uh, outlets to mm-hmm. get the information that you need to make a decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you can't always. So that's our mission statement. You know, and, and, you know, going forward, uh, you know, we'll still cover COVID. Obviously, you know, there's not a moratorium in covering COVID, but I'd like a little less emphasis on COVID because. Sure. Uh, and this is my thought: is that uh, one of the things that um, you, if you want to um, incorrectly inculcate a consciousness in people, like an example is like cholesterol, 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 Ugh. and. You, you just hammer away with that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another example is osteoporosis, osteoporosis, osteoporosis. It's a peril. You must take medication. Yes. You know, and these are narratives that people, have, they've been marketed very successfully. If it was a, mm-hmm. if it was a car or if it was a breakfast cereal or if it was a, uh, you know, a clothing line, mm-hmm. uh, this, these, <clears throat> these campaigns have been very successful yes. at getting Americans to accept them. And, they're chinks in the armor of those narratives. Uh, not that they don't start with a kernel of truth. Yes, but more and more people are becoming aware of the chinks. Yeah. So, of late. so you know, we'll, we'll be iconoclastic. We'll, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll pledge to deliver, um, hopefully unbiased mm-hmm. information that, um, comports with the facts. Yes. And the science as we see it. The science as we see it. Which is ever evolving. Yes. And which never is settled. I hate the term it's settled never science. Se- it's never settled. I hate settled. the term settled science. At the end of the day, we will always have more questions than we do answers. Yeah. That's simply the nature of it. And, you know and who, to always be curious. You know who really got that? Hmm. Einstein. Ah. Like the, of the, probably the most, the foremost scientist of our, yeah. of our era, mm-hmm. uh, is, was Albert Einstein. And he really got that, that, you know, Paradigms need to be challenged. Yes, and he was a definitely an out of the box thinker. Totally. Um, so you know, which was ultimately rewarding. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all for today. And let's it, remind everyone to send your questions, please, to radio program at aol We appreciate them. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mudin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.